And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Really excited about today's show. Jets head coach Robert Sala joined us to chat about, well, a lot of things. We talked about The vision he and Joe Douglas had for the roster, how they aligned that vision, some early impressions of Zach Wilson, how you put together a coaching staff. Really enjoyed the conversation with Coach Sala. I think you guys will as well. We will be here on Friday with me, Nate, and Deontay Lee from PFF, breaking down some defensive trends in the NFL, some things that happened last year, some emerging schematic stuff that might impact the 2021 season, kind of similar to what me and Nate did on the offensive side of the ball a couple weeks ago. Deontay watches defense, understands defense better than I do, certainly, and better than a lot of people do. So really excited to pick his brain on Friday. That's the cadence we're going to have for the next couple weeks here, a couple shows a week, and then it'll be training camp before you know it. So Really excited about this one. Hope you guys enjoy the conversation with Coach Sala. And I am thrilled now to be welcomed by Jets head coach Robert Sala, one of the people I definitely wanted to talk to when we were putting this together. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I was actually having a conversation with another head coach this week, and we were talking about kind of what goes into that job when you eventually get into the chair and figuring out what kind of head coach you want to be. Because it's something I'm sure you spent a lot of time thinking about in other parts of your career. And I'm curious, throughout yours, whether it be from Gary Kubiak or Pete Carroll or even Kyle, what would you say the most important lesson you learned from other head coaches was when you plan on how you wanted to be when you finally got that job? You know, when I was uh, very, very fortunate to have had uh, some very, very uh, successful head coaches uh, in my life, and um, you know when I was with Pete Carroll, he, he was he was integral in, the ter- in terms of building a philosophy and understanding and re- and connecting really with who I am as an individual. And uh, the the idea behind it obviously is you want to be authentic. You have to be authentic with these men uh, that you go to work with every single day, and uh, they need to understand that and feel that authenticity. And um, so. So it started then as a quality control and just re- really trying to define who I was not as an individual and, and what I wanted to be. So it's kind of been a work in progress, but uh, but to be able to just reflect on Gary Kubiak and, and his demeanor and Pete Carroll and Gus Bradley, Kyle Shanahan, uh, even going back to college with Mark Rick and Brian Kelly and God, John L. Smith and Bobby, all these different personalities, but the common denominator with all of them is that they had they were very, very secure in their skin and they were very secure in uh, in terms of being authentic in their style. And I think players gravitated towards that. It's interesting because Gary and, and Pete Carroll, I mean, energetic, in terms of their energy, they probably couldn't be more different if you were to sit and have a conversation with them. So you've seen it on both ends of the spectrum. Oh, yeah. No, and, and well, Gary's energetic. He just, he projects it differently. 
you know, yes. and, uh, where Pete is more extroverted in terms of how he displays his energy. Uh, Pete, uh, uh, Coach Kubiak, very, very, very uh, demanding, very, uh, he, he's got a lot of, he, he does it a different way. And, uh, and they both had a lot of success doing it, but the common denominator for both of them is the authenticity and the genuine care for the players. So it's interesting when you were hired, Joe had been on the job for about a year and a half, which is a much different dynamic than what you guys had in San Francisco. Obviously, Kyle and John came in together. They were linked at the hip. So when you're trying to figure out when he and he was building a team for a different staff, a different scheme. So when you guys are figuring out what the vision is and getting on the same page, what is that process like? What were those initial conversations about how you would meld those two things together? You know, there, there were so many different conversations. Uh, and to Joe's credit uh, and his staff, uh, the open openness to, to hear our, us and our coaches and vice versa and listening to them and their philosophy. And uh, it wasn't just one conversation. It was conversation after conversation after conversation. And then it didn't end there. It went into, all right, we're watching a player and a player has strengths and weaknesses. And what are those weaknesses and what are those strengths and how do they tie into the philosophy of what we're trying to get accomplished? And, and it's still ongoing and it's still learning one another and it's still trying to uh, make sure that we're bringing in not only uh, players who are unbelievable athletes, but reflect uh, the image and the, the style of play that we're looking for, you know, and uh, it's the, the men that we're looking for uh, in terms of uh, how they go about their day to day business. And, um, and I thought Joe did a wonderful job during free agency and, and, and really matching the philosophy with the athlete, did an even better job in the draft of matching the philosophy with the athlete. And, uh, and we're off and I, we just feel very fortunate. We're off to a good start. It's been, been great so far. It felt like even though he had, you know, the previous offseason on the job, they didn't go that far down the road with a certain type of roster. I know you even said this morning that you know, Greg played more too high stuff than you guys do. And there are some, some changes, but it really was just one draft class and not a lot of free agent spending. So it feels like they weren't set in stone in one particular way of playing. Do you think that was helpful where they weren't so far down the road with one style of player and one style of roster? Well, you know, the the, the beauty of and, and give these you know, these scouts and the general manager a tremendous amount of credit because there's, you know, they're, they're, they're all, they're awesome talent evaluators. And then to, to mix in and take the effort that they went through to learn what we do defensively, what we do offensively, uh, even with special teams, even though Brandon has been here and to relearn a system and what's being asked out of what these players are being asked out of their coaches. That's not easy. It's not easy, to, and, it, and it takes a lot of personal fortitude in terms of the scouts and the general manager to, to be able to sit down and relearn it and ask the questions that need to be asked to, to fix your eyes and, and change change what you see as good versus not good or what fits for, I shouldn't say good versus not good, but what fits versus what doesn't sure. fit. And it's uh, and a, a lot of credit to them to, to uh, shove away or move away from that, I got it attitude, here's your player, here's what you get, and I'll make them good just a collaborative effort that Joe uh, championed. And, uh, and that's where I think it's just been, it's been great since, since the day we walked in here. How did you establish or communicate those principles? Did you guys have some presentations from the coaching staff to the scouting staff? What was the back and forth between them early on? So you guys could get on the same page with that stuff. Uh, you know what? It started with, um, you know, the, the, within the first week we were here, once we got the staff together, it was to sit down and evaluate the players that were here and how they fit and who we want to move, where, where individuals fit. Then we went to free agency 
And uh, or before we went to free agency, the, the very next week, we went into a profile uh, tape session where uh, all the different position coaches created profile tapes and not necessarily to tell scouts, hey, this is what we this is how you look at a player. It was more, hey, this is what we ask our players to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what we have found in our history to work. And what's great about the two systems we have is we've got got um, 10 years of football on defense. We got going all the way back to 19, the mid-90s with uh, Papa Shanahan and sure. the West Coast of, of just these players who have, who have matched and fit and finding players and what is the common denominator to success within these schemes. And uh, to sit down and show them what we've learned and whether or not, you know, we could help in any way, uh, form or fashion, whatever we could do to help. And uh, for them to ask questions and for us to all get on the same page. And even when we went into free agency, there was aha moments on both sides where scouts sharing their thoughts about a player versus our thoughts on a player and coaches learning uh, in terms of, you know what, that actually does make sense. That would work. And then going into the draft process and the the constant um, conversations of uh, with scout and coach and, uh, and, and it just, it couldn't have gone better. And, and it's only going to get better with the more communication that we have. In the free agent process, is there one player that sticks out that was kind of encapsulated that aha moment that you think is a good example? Um, you know, it's, uh, I'm not going to get in the name. I, it's okay, uh, that, that's I'm totally not, fine. You know, but uh, but when you look at the class in terms of philosophy and, and player, you, I, I can name them all. But the you know you look at guys like Corey Davis, and, and I know they're big money guys, and but Carlos, even Jared Davis, who uh, is is trying to recapture that first round status and or you know just re, refine himself or however you want to define it. But all these guys absolutely love the game of football. Um, they fit schematically. And and they they aren't just players, but they're professionals. And uh, and the way they go about their day to day lives, the way they go about their day to day business, it it embodies what we look for. But they still know how to have fun in the process, which is what we want too. So uh, it was it was great to see it all the puzzle kind of come together here in this first year, and it's going to keep you pieced together as we go. I mean, Corey and Carl, I think specifically, you can just see how they fit in the style of offense and defense you want to play. There's not a lot of imagination necessary to understand the roles they play. Like Their skill sets just fit perfectly into it. So that aha moment, I'm sure, was pretty evident, pretty clear. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So I'm curious with Zach, I mean, obviously he's a huge part of that plan. Do you remember the moment where either it was Joe telling you or you guys making a decision together where you're like, all right, that's it. He's the guy. We have landed on this as the decision. You know, there was a... When we first got here, we had, uh, you know, we we usually don't start watching uh, draftable guys till after free agency. You, know, you might mm-hmm. call it at guys, but but we we went quick on not quick, but we started early on the quarterback. So I think we started mid February. We started going at it in terms of watching the top uh, seven or so quarterbacks, and um, nobody was allowed to talk to anybody. That was part of the rules, and just show us why what is that. Well, you want independent thought, sure. and, uh, just independent evaluation. And then, and the first time those independent thoughts were shared were together and uh, no wrong answers. You know, you want different, you want different opinions. You want, uh, it, it's okay if you miss on a guy, like it's, there's no wrong answer. I mean, it's all, it's all roll of dice anyway, but the idea being that if you're all of independent thought and you all come to the same agreement, then you're probably not going to miss. But if you're all collaborating and talking in terms of, hey, I kind of like this guy and you're swaying opinion and we trick ourselves into liking a guy that may or may not work, if that makes sense. But so it started way back in February and um, and just the entire evaluation process, we, we discussed it all and it was clear to us that uh, Zach was, um, I'm not saying head and shoulders above all of them, but he was clearly one of the top two quarterbacks and worth at least the number two pick. At the very least, and uh, if not the number one pick, if if uh, in in years where uh, whatever, if you get my point. But uh, I get where you're going. Yeah. So um, he he was, you know, when, when we for us the stamp came when you know all the medicals came in and all that. You know, Joe again the discipline to go through his process, check every box, not just jump on the gun. Like it could have been very easy for him to to take all the calls early. Uh, and to just just force the issue, but he went through his process. He he, he let the the off season kind of play it uh, play itself out, and and when it came time to pull the trigger, it, we pulled the trigger. And uh, and credit to Joe and, and his diligence and his uh, his patience. It, it, I, we all think it worked out great for everybody. Is there a trait or whether personality or physical that you think ultimately sold you that swayed you toward him in the process? You know, when we had our you know, we, we were we were allowed Zoom meetings with the uh, with all the players, and uh, um, you know we went about not not that it was different, but just in talking football with Zach, his recall, his uh, his football IQ, uh, his what he sees, just his questions being asked, like that meeting was to me uh, was so impressive. I, I'll put it now from a defensive standpoint on the same level of what we felt with Fred Warner when we interviewed him and we felt like Fred Warner was probably the smartest linebacker interview that I, I've ever had. 
Um, Put something in the water there in Provo, I guess. Right. And so then we, we talked to Zach and I was like, I can't imagine because it be real as a first that this off season was first time I've been in those quarterback meetings, sure. uh, uh, interviews of interviewing a, a draftable pros, uh, prospect. And so I just talked to Greg Knapp, who's been in a million of them. He's coached hall of famers. And I was like, I can't imagine that being any better. Like it, you can't get better than that. Can you? I mean, there's, there's no way. And, and that was in fact, he goes, that was ridiculous. And so that was, that was kind of the, the moment for us. Coming from a guy that coached Peyton Manning, it's, it's yeah. not necessarily a bad stamp of approval to have. He's coached, he's coached some unbelievable quarterbacks. You know, Steve Young, uh, obviously, and uh, so he's not going to wait for him. Matt Ryan, he's, he's coached some, some very, very, very talented quarterbacks. So obviously, uh, the staff you put together is so interesting to me. And just the idea of building a staff in that process has always fascinated me. I remember talking to Frank Reich a couple years ago about trying to make find the right balance between people who know and understand your system so there's a depth of knowledge but also diversity of thought bringing in people from different backgrounds to kind of give you the right mix of stuff that's important for you especially on defense going through all of your position coaches i want to say i think every single guy you have either was on your staff in san francisco or you would cross paths with at some point and is from what we'll call the seattle tree for lack of a better term was that conscious and how did you try to think about that depth of knowledge versus a mixture of different backgrounds and thoughts when you were putting that staff together? That's a great question. So, so for, for us, everyone, you know, the, the foundation that started it all was that Seattle system. And, uh, when we got to San Francisco, we branched off and, uh, if you really watch it, it's, it's far from what it was, but the a lot of cover four, which I was going to ask you about if we have enough time. But a lot of a lot of the principles are the same in terms of the way we teach techniques, the, the the foundation behind it all. It's evolved greatly. Now, when you look at Albrick, uh, who's he's attached to the foundation. Uh, Mark Von Manuel understands the foundation. Uh, obviously, I, we brought in a couple other guys. Uh, the foundational teaching aspect of it is what's most important. But at the same time, to to me, so to be able to, it is very very hard for and, and not that it can't be done, but for coaches to, when, when you've had a certain style of coaching your whole life, and then you come into our system and you're like, well, we gotta be doing more than this. And like, no, you've got to coach it better than what you're coaching it. Like that's, that's the answer. The answer is, is yeah, you, there, there's a balance. The answer is that there's a balance, but ultimately the player is the one that's got to make the decisions and play as fast as humanly possible with only 10 seconds, 10 seconds to think about it. And, uh, and how can you help that player get to that to that point? But so so with our staff, you know, it was important for us to bring in people who understood where we were coming from uh, and had that foundational piece and then pull them along in terms of what we've evolved to. And then once they've seen what we've pulled and what we've done, all right, now from your past experiences of going to Atlanta and learning a few things, Marquand went to Philadelphia and got some things from Schwartz. And Tony Oden has had his history, uh, Ricky Manning from the Lovey Smith history of, of playing. We've mm -hmm. had, and then we bring in Burke, who's not only doing game management, but he's also part of that Schwartz system. And it's, so how do we take what you've done and can we stretch the evolution of our system just a more without disrupting the, uh, the essence of what we want our players to accomplish, which is play as fast as humanly possible. And so there were, there was a lot of thought that went, that went into that and, uh, you know, there's a lot of people upset with me because 
you know, there weren't, there weren't spots, but you know, <laughs> we, we win enough people get head jobs and, and, you know, we'll circle back. So. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIP. That's re- it's it's really interesting. So you want to make sure you have the bedrock of how you teach it, the principles, and then you can grow from there. And also, the way that you guys grew in San Francisco, I think that from between eighteen and nineteen, that's when Chris Kasura got there, Joe Woods got there, so people from some different backgrounds, and you guys had sort of a kind of a seismic shift in the way you approach the defense from that 18 season to the 19 season. And you had a ton of success, whether it was more quarters or the attacking style on the defensive line. Would you say it's fair that that transition from 18 to 19 is when you really settled into what you wanted to be defensively? That's when the identity of the current version of your defense kind of took full bloom. Yeah. When, when we went, so during that season, um, we've always had a style of play that we played up front. You know, with the under front, sometimes four man six, you know, playing the six technique, which is the end over a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, and studying tape, going through the offseason, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Schwartz, big fan of Sean McDermott, and uh, obviously in our system with uh, with Gus Bradley and, and all that. So when, we, when I went back in 18 and we evaluated everything, uh, it became clear that that wide nine was something that we felt like would work in our system, like especially with the way we have our linebackers playing. And and I was like, if we're going to do this, there's one person who was available that was the best in the world, in our opinion, in terms of coaching it. And he had happened to get fired from from Miami because the staff, the staff got fired. And uh, it became a bidding war between us uh, at San Francisco. The Jets were trying to... Uh, uh, with Adam because he was with them, uh, Oakland, Cleveland. I mean, there was a bunch of teams, Arizona, and um, and we just had we had a number two pick. We had Buckner, Armstead, and and he was like, ah, this is you know like he's a kid in a candy store. I mean, yeah, he's like, there's no way that this team can fail, and it's from a from a front standpoint. And by putting bringing in the system and having him coach it, teach it to all of us. Um, and then tying in where he, even for him in discussions, evolving and changing some of what he did to match and marry what we do without disrupting. It's the same thing. Like you have your foundation, um, and for him to evolve his front, uh, to, to match and just the discussions that he and I would have to make that thing work. Like there's an evolution that's happened there. And, uh, and so just the conversations and being able to evolve and kind of morph this thing into to what we do has been, has been really cool to watch over the last two years. 
and then Aaron Whitecotton came with you from yeah, so, San Francisco. So you'll yeah, bring so, those same principles theoretically. And yeah. so that's the thing, right? You are evolving. Even though it's same people from a certain background, there are these little wrinkles every year that you grow and you change and you make, you're a little bit harder to predict. And I, that process is always so interesting to me. You, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, the Seattle three system back in the day, you know, all we did was run three, 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 it was like every play. And, um, but the league is, and now I'll, I'm, even to this day, I'm, uh, I look back and I'm like, wow, it took them so long to figure out that system. And, uh, and they, you know, at times it's still like, well, you know, just the trouble, especially when you can't tee off, like call them haymakers, you know, there's only so many things you can do to attack it. And it's, they're, they're so clear when you see it happening, but, uh, when you can, when you can get it to a point where the, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that offenses are too evolved. Coordinators are too evolved. If you run the same thing over and over and over and over, eventually they're going to punch you in the mouth. And uh, you have to have just enough. You have to have variation to your system. But the balance in coaching to me comes when you have to have enough to make sure that the, co the coordinator can just call haymakers and that players on offense can play without thinking because they know exactly where you're going to be. But at the same time, you have to have just enough to where the player doesn't fall off a cliff in terms of his, his ability to play fast. So there's there's balance there and there's learning your players and there's learning how they respond to coaching and what they what they can absorb uh, day in and day out with all the different things that you try to install. And that shift to, to more cover four on early downs is really interesting. I think that you guys led the league in, in or you think you were third in the NFL in cover four snaps on first and second down last year, which is a departure from what you used to do. And Staley did a lot of that too. And I'm curious why on early downs more people are going to that but we're running out of time i wanted to ask you one more question though i heard richard sherman the other day talking about the back and forth you guys would have whether it was in game or during the week and obviously you have a long-standing relationship i'm just wondering do you have a set process for how you incorporate player feedback are there times during the week where you meet is it organic like how do you solicit those ideas and fold them into what you guys do it's, it's uh, for one it's mainly organic but there's going to be situations where coaches are sitting there at nine in the morning, just banging their head on the wall in terms of how do we want to fit this concept, for example. And for us, it's always been our philosophy of, all right, card up these three plays. Uh, don't show them to the players and just run it and walk through. Just use it as a walkthrough rep. And let's just see what they do. And then from there, we'll bring it in. And let's talk to the players because you know you, you usually come in, you get like a 15 minute meeting with the players before you go out to practice. And you just say, Hey, how do you how do you guys see this? How do you guys want to play this? And and the players usually will tell you what they're feeling, and never to us as a coach go against what a player feels. And so a lot of times in those moments of gray area, a player can make it black and white, black and white just by just by going through that process. So as coaches, you have to have the you have to check your ego to me and, and allow the player to go out there. Let's just see what they do. You know, and a lot of times the player will be like, they'll, they'll kick back like, wait a minute. And then you just have a conversation and like, well, what do you think, Sherm? And Sherm will like, well, I think if we said, all right, let's watch these three clips. Let's go back in. Let's watch it. Let's talk it. And we all get on the same page and now we're rolling. But those, cover those, those things happen. Like it's a lot of times, you know, you get lost in the amount of things you're telling a player and, you never, as a coach, want to contradict the player's technique. Uh, that's where it becomes where players get go haywire. That's where players call BS. That's where you lose trust with your player. And so those, those moments, so it, it is it is very organic to us uh, in the way we coach. 
but that's a very conscious thing to do is to kind of give put the situation right there to make them give you the feedback in real time so even if it's organic you know little tricks of the trade to get what you want out of those guys wait they're 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 the ones out there taking it in so they're the ones who are feeling everything that's happening to them so that no one is going to be able to explain it better than they are from an empathy standpoint and it's uh you know they're and so why wouldn't you ask you know, it's, I get it. Like there, there's the old saying of, I coach, you play, shut up, but it, it doesn't, that doesn't apply. It's we're all in this together. Some coaches don't have every answer. Uh, players don't have every answer, but if we work together, we can find the answer. And that's, that's kind of the, the uh, model we try to try to have. Well, I could do this for a long, long time. I know <laughs> that you're a busy guy. I sincerely appreciate you taking the time out to do this. I really enjoyed it. Can't thank you enough, Robert. Awesome. Thanks a lot, coach. We'll talk to you down the road. All right, guys, that's all we got today. Thank you so much to Robert Salo from joining us. I was very excited to get him involved in the off-season interview series that we're doing. Please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. I'd sincerely appreciate that. Please follow our podcast. Please subscribe to our new bonus content on Apple. Really think you guys will get a kick out of that. We're going to be doing something a little bit new and different every single week that's outside of the normal structure of the show. Some mailbag stuff, some Q&As. I think me and Nate are going to take some listener questions later in the week, so feel free to tweet or email those to me. Also, please subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash football show. Still have a ton of great NFL content coming to you guys in the offseason. I believe I'll be writing again next week. It's been kind of a busy couple weeks, even though it's June. So please do that. I promise you guys will not be disappointed. We will be back on Friday with me, Nate, and Deontay. Until then, enjoy. Talk to you guys later. This was The Athletic Football Show.